I stepped out of my car with my bag over my shoulder, coffee in hand, the sun not yet up, slowly rising as I put my key card in front of the sensor and walked in to the psychiatric facility that I call home. I was very nervous. Even after leaving nights before that were pleasant, I can't help but find myself in an anxious state entering the place that I work every day because I never know what I will be walking into. And even though I am the charge nurse, I work Monday through Friday. So there are other people in charge for two days. And again, as we've spoken about in other issues, this has nothing to do with whether or not I'm there, of course, but the transitional energy, it's almost like a substitute teacher. We have that concept in our mind. We can all visualize how a classroom treats a substitute. Oftentimes there are hijinks. Oftentimes uh, things are just a little different. Limits are tested. Can we get a rise out of this person? Can we get away with more because of this person? And you just often see that transitional or unknown dynamic that exists often causes drastic changes. So on a psychiatric unit, knowing that doctors may be coming in that the consumers are not familiar with, knowing that they will be needing to divulge continued personal information, the role of a consumer is not Monday through Friday. The role of a consumer is every single day. So as the staff around Patient US changed drastically and now in two days changed again, there's this clear, to me, understanding of why nervous energy exists on a unit sometimes of 30 consumers, the possibility that there may have been difficulties over any given 48 hours, also known as a weekend, is there. Mondays are tough. I wouldn't say they are as tough as the weekend was, however, for patient U.S. As more fights have begun now with other consumers on the unit, patient U.S. has possibly exhausted herself attacking the staff, and now patient U.S. is, to my understanding, defending herself from her peers Welcome to Patient U.S. Initials used for confidentiality. I'm Louis Bianco, RNCPS, and this is episode 21. Drum roll, please. Identity. Hit it, fellas. Defined by fear, he defines you. Stone cold loner, show postponer, prone to alone but been known to vulture. I'm a parasite, and I'm terrified of your glaring eyes. So please keep staring, guys, or I won't even dare to I need attention. I need to feed off friendship and presence. I need applause and some pats on the back. Just a couple of claps, enough to keep me comfortable fast. Attention. Good morning, everyone, and happy Labor Day. Today is Monday, September 7th, 2020, and it is, in fact, Labor Day. Labor Day is an American holiday. And it basically celebrates social and economic achievements of American citizens. Workers, we're going to celebrate how hard we work. Patient U.S. used to be proud of their work ethic. Patient U.S. used to tell others 
They were doing a good job and recognize effort in others. However, Patient U.S. is recognizing different things these days. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, and how do you do? I am Louis Bianco, RNCPS, and it has been a wild weekend for Patient U.S. A quick recap, as we are now on our 21st episode, I am a psychiatric charge nurse and a certified peer support specialist, which is somebody who can work with other people going through issues in a role of professional, but one of the requirements is to be in recovery of your own mental struggle, mental health journey, mental illness, insert word you are comfortable with here. Everybody ready? We're going to start leaving blanks in places where I would not like to put thoughts, but in places where I would like you to put thoughts. I will do my best to initiate this because I believe it will be helpful. And because I would like to offer information in the way that I do, I believe I should say a little bit more about my approach. I am not a coward. I am not someone who does not have opinions. I am not someone who does not have strong opinions. It is at this moment, as a peer specialist and a psychiatric nurse, that the best way to help the people I am working with is to allow them to better understand themselves. Oftentimes in crisis, we don't have a good understanding of ourselves or we have a skewed understanding of ourselves. And the clash between our perception and our view of ourselves and our lives becomes almost like a a violent collision when reality strikes and is right in front of us. It is uh, oftentimes almost insulting to, to tell people that they are not acting in this idea of actual reality. Uh, It's a, it's a very, very touchy subject that I, Because of my position and because of the location in which I'm working, I am allowed to have those conversations, but you'd be hard-pressed to have a conversation with that about somebody outside of the confines of this institution without some sort of conflict existing or arising. This identity. I am going to tell you what I am. I am going to tell you how you should see what I am. It was once thought that self-worth and things like self-esteem would be helpful. And that is the case, by the way. (laughs) Self-worth and self-esteem are helpful. However, believing you have self-worth, believing you have a high self-esteem within this identity that you create, if it is in contrast to your actual identity will not yield the results or behaviors of somebody with a high self-esteem or self-worth. So this concept truly of identity and deriving our self-worth from our identity and deriving our self-esteem from our identity is proving 
to not be working for Patient US. Now, I know I need to continue as I have not given you enough details on yet another weekend full of crises on the unit, but it goes along the lines of Patient US feeling disrespected. So here is a person who beats their chest and is proud and makes everybody know that they are A, B, C, and D. Insert words there. It could be the color of our skin. It could be our favorite team. It could be our job. It could be our opinions. We create this identity. This is who I am. What I do is who I am. My diagnoses are who I am. The way I look is who I am. My height is who I am. The color of my hair is who I am. I could go on and on. And as you see, especially with some of these things that are simply genetic, we start to attach our greatest achievements to things that we have not put any effort towards. Being tall was not uh, created through hard work, desire, and effort. Being tall was created through genetic coding, chromosomes. There is height in your family lineage, so you have height. Is that your achievement? No, but as you become older and older and patient U.S. is in a transition stage in their life, their young life, you have everybody around you telling you that you are this thing. Oh my, look how tall you're getting. Wow, you're really tall. And they're usually saying it in a positive fashion, so this becomes a compliment. I am going to compliment you on your genetics. You have beautiful eyes. Oh my gosh, I love your hair. We could go on and on. I don't need to give you tons and tons of examples, but this concept becomes then, I am now formulating my identity around how I look, And there is no effort in my genetic coding. I am what I am. The way that I look has nothing to do with my choices. I was born a certain way. Now, we can talk about, is my my physical health altering my appearance? Sure. But for, for this concept, we're just talking about identity. It's not all positive. If I made different choices... I might identify negatively with my weight. I might identify negatively with my hair. I might identify negatively with not having a job. I might identify negatively with having a job. I might identify... So it's it's near impossible for me to tell any single person what to put in those blanks. And, And it's a very difficult task to try to explain these concepts without people in front of me who would be able to raise their hand and say something that they consider part of their identity. Before we go any further, I understand that this may be a touchy subject, but the more and more I listen to to what is happening to Patient US, the more notes that I read, the more I sit with my staff in staff meetings and see how up in arms they are, I'm being pulled in two directions. I am a compassionate, caring person who not only wants to help but knows how, but I am also aware of the mental health 
of the people who are not mentally ill yet. And I am just as compassionate and I am just as sympathetic and empathetic towards them. I don't want them to get to a point, my staff, teachers, I don't want them to get to a point where they are all now in this facility. So I will be aware of the mental health of all, whether you are mentally ill or not. It is difficult, however, to be pulled in more than one direction, especially when so much attention and emotional energy is necessary to help people out of crisis, let alone 30. Patient U.S. has felt disrespected. Their belief in their identity and the way they identify uh, themselves has been affected, and they are now sedated again. Isolated again. They tore the unit up. There's holes in the walls. It's a mess. A person with true self esteem does not require others to see them the way they accurately see themselves. A person with true self worth does not require compliments on their genetics. A person with true self-esteem and self-worth is willing to put forth effort in a thankless and quiet but positive and impactful manner. Recovery is not, true recovery is not some show that everybody sees. It's a daily commitment to a choice that has been made inside it has nothing to do with how we look it has everything to do with how we act so before we go to commercial i want to put a little pin in this or tie it up in a neat little bow by giving you another example and this example will uh, be from my favorite hobby professional wrestling you look at people who assume characters and this can be actors heck at this point this could even be a high school athlete what we are seeing. Basically, what we are seeing is a life so desirable and a role and an identity that we become so enamored with that when life changes and that identity no longer exists, not only in ourselves, but in the way others view us, we have an inability to handle the change because the only way we were able to feel like we were ourselves is when we were our identity, when we were our character. The only way I get to live life the way I want to is when I assume my character. However, when the lights go out and the fans are gone, there is this real me, this true self that we talked about last week. And if that real me is unhappy, fractured, broken, or insecure, I will spend more and more time in my character. More and more time placing all of my worth and my value in my identity. An identity that can often change, especially if our identity is now being associated with status. How much money we have, what our job is, what uh, material items we have. That could change in a heartbeat. Life is long and life is messy. We'll be right back after this. 
Hi, everybody. This is Louis Jojo, one of the coolest dudes you're ever going to run into. And I'm just here to tell all of you guys that if you like that song at the beginning, that is called Attention. And it is now available, a free download, at www.reverbnation.com slash Louis Jojo. The song we are listening to currently, one of my favorites is March With Me, another song on said website. Again, that's www.reverbnation.com slash Jojo. Take a listen to some of my conceptual music that will be in my upcoming educational and entertaining musical or the old classics that I used to write when I was strutting my stuff with a receding hairline afro. That's right. If you want style... And substance, you've come to the right place. Back to you, Lewis. Now that guy will tell you, I think, that Louis Jojo, he he is aware of what I'm talking about. He became his character. He became, in his own mind, Louis Jojo. And it changed how he acted. And it altered the course of his life. And it turned out to be false. It was part of him. It was a piece of him. It was a piece in him that helped him find confidence. But it was not him. It was not him then, and it is not him now. I want to give another example before I dive into this work piece, because I think work is, a, is one of these big buzzwords where identity is becoming more and more necessary, but we are also exhausting ourselves more and more. I apologize yet again that there is not more dialogue with or about Patient U.S. I cannot disclose too many details about the situation. All I can tell you is that they felt their identity was misrepresented in what was said to them by a peer. And there was a crisis that followed. The crisis required restraint. Yet again, the crisis escalated to a level in which no one felt safe on the unit including the security guards, including the crisis response team. Let's not forget that people in power positions are also allowed to experience fear. Just want to put that out there. There's this thing called fear truths that I learned about in my peer specialist training. Very interesting. The one I like is that that if fear exists within you, it also exists within everybody within a certain radius of you. Why, my friends? Because it's an energy, it's a high energy, and we as human beings are energy receivers and energy receptors. If we don't know how to do these things, we can find ourselves in a lot of trouble. Patient U.S. is having a difficult time regulating their energy. Infants, before they are able to speak, have a difficult time regulating their energy without others. Toddlers have a difficult time regulating their energy and then we grow and we grow and we hope that someday this regulation starts to exist it starts to be created organically and we regulate ourselves the problem becomes and this is where identity comes back in i'm really interested in like intersecting concepts right now because this is what i believe is happening in patients us's life there's two concepts at work here there's the self-worth piece and there's the identity piece. And they are they are clashing right now because if the identity is misrepresented, not by patient US, but by the others around them, 
then patient U.S.'s self-worth decreases to a point in which they need to create conflict. If you don't believe what I tell you I am, I'm going to yell at you and tell you more about what I am because it's not only important that I have my identity, it's important that you see me the way I see me. We can all talk about these things and have our opinions about them, but I also believe that there is a sect of people, including parent number one and parent number two, that have tied their identity to a number of issues and to work, and that they are also engaging in the same behavior just more passive-aggressively. Let's take parent number one, for example. Parent number one derives all satisfaction and appreciation from others by talking about their job. I worked 12 hours. I worked 60 hours this week. Oh my goodness, you would not believe how hard I worked. I worked, I worked, all I do is work. If I'm not working, I'm not real. That's an identity. That is your character is you at your job. And maybe when you're at your job, you feel better about yourself. There's nothing wrong with taking pride in your work. The issue is, as we are seeing with patient US, if your work gets taken from you, and you start to deteriorate because you aren't able to exist in that singular piece of your identity. Parent number two is similar, but different. They have tied an entire identity to their role. I am a parent. If I am not a parent, I have no idea what I'll do. That enmeshment piece, that codependence piece. So you have parent number one who whose greatest accomplishment is working. And there is nothing, that should be all of our greatest accomplishments. However, it's not a great enough accomplishment for parent number one to be proud internally. And instead, it's constantly spoken into existence that they are the one who works hard, as if the world around them doesn't. They are the hardest. And you'll watch them get into arguments with patient U.S. You think you work hard. I work harder. You think that's hard. You have no idea what hard is. So part of parent number one's identity is ownership of hard. No one can have worked as hard as parent number one. Parent number two is on the other end of the spectrum. No one can love you as much as I can. No one loves you as much as I do, patient U.S. I am the best parent. I am the coolest parent. And you start to attach your identity and your character to your role. I'm the cool mom. Everybody knows it. I'm the funny dad. Everybody knows it. There is nothing wrong with any singular piece of our identity as long as we realize that as life continues... Roles may change. Crisis may occur. We may not be able to work. Our children will grow up. We will not be able to nurture them and coddle them when they are grown-ups. So if we attach our identity to being the mother of a child and that child becomes an adult, but we don't want to let them 
assume their new identity, we either become invasive, as is the case with parent number two, or we establish an even greater identity through them, vicariously. I am the proudest mother on earth because my 30-year-old son got a new job. It's one thing, again, to have an identity in which you feel pride. It's another thing to have an identity in which you seek adulation for what you are proud of. The latter, the seeking of adulation for something that you are internally proud of, is proof that your self-esteem could be improved. It's proof that your self-worth could be improved because you are allowed to feel wonderful things simply because of what you are experiencing. How much needs to be shared? The pieces of our identity that we choose to share is because we want others to think what we want others to think. Our identity is sometimes our mask, and our mask is sometimes a defense mechanism. And as others around us begin to look at what is beneath the mask, they may see things that we are not even aware yet. And this is where the conflict exists. Patient U.S. has put so much stock into their identity. And they have presented as a confident and very proud person who has taken extremely polarized stances on almost all things. And when they are in control and everyone around Patient U.S. allows them to be their character, life is good. I loved life when I was Louis Jojo. I didn't get in many fights with my family. I was also parading around as somebody I wasn't. I never had more friends. I never had more respect or perceived respect. You learn as you get older that you've been treated more like a mascot and that people will often patronize you because of the angle that you present, but then they will discard you. So if you become inflated on your identity and some of that inflation is from other people gassing you up and then they're done with you and they cast you aside, if you don't still believe you have worth, the identity you are presenting is not actually a source of self-esteem. We're colliding. I'm only confident, comfortable, and under control if everybody sees me the way I want them to see me, including myself. When I look in the mirror, I see my perception. I see what I think I am. I see the identity I've created. I see my character. This is who I am. And if this changes, I won't know what to do. And if anybody calls this out, this identity, if they have any opinion about it that differs, there's going to be a crisis. There's going to be a conflict. I am being mistreated. Although we all deserve to be treated well, if the treatment that we receive from a stranger that we perceive to be disrespectful is powerful enough to cause us to forsake everything we are trying to do and try to hit pause 
on the entirety of the world around us until they decide to see us the way we see ourselves, then we are showcasing a need for greater self-worth and improved self-esteem. Do not fool yourself, patient U.S. Seeking adulation is not proof of self-esteem. It's proof of the opposite. Advertising yourself to a world around you so much that you start to believe in the fabrications you've created and you start to see yourself the way you present yourself to the world outside of yourself is proof that your identity is not providing you with the adequate amount of self-esteem or self-worth. We'll be right back after these messages. Hello, everybody. I'm Louis Bianco, RNCPS, here to tell you about my first written work, Mental Health Disability Perception Versus Reality, by Louis Bianco, RNCPS, now available on Amazon.com. Now, we will continue to read reviews as we have before, but we're already at half an hour. So I just wanted to do a quick plug for the book. Uh, Again, now that we are past 20 episodes, we are fifth of the way to the century mark. I am going to continue to make this more and more what I want it to be. Less sound effects. My normal approach to educating on such matters is to be entertaining at first, uh, exist in a non-threatening fashion to establish trust. And once that trusting relationship exists, it's time to get to work. Our final words today hearken back to identity because I understand that I am presenting this as something that maybe sounds like I don't think it's a good thing. I do. We all need to have an identity. Our self-worth and our self-esteem is often derived from what makes us different. But I would, I would ask everybody to please consider that one of the things that can set you apart from everybody else is the amount of effort you put forth towards any single endeavor. Effort is not genetic. Effort is a choice. And you see many successful people exist because of their willingness to put forth more effort than those around them. We are all allowed to talk as much as we want about what we think we are. We are allowed to put pictures of ourselves up on social media and set huge and, and long radius, large radius boundaries based on the identity that we have chosen and boundaries deserve to be respected. However, often is the case that when we set boundaries, we do not continue on and we wait. It's, it's almost a somewhat similar to uh, putting a trap out. Although I don't think boundaries are a trap. If we set a boundary and wait for that boundary to be infringed upon, that is what I am talking about. The waiting. I know the boundary I set. It may be an important boundary. It deserves to be set. But if I then hit pause and wait for someone to infringe upon that boundary, That boundary has not only kept people out, it has kept me in, trapped. We miss that. 
Because if I am waiting, I am not exerting effort. My identity personally has changed multiple times, possibly more, more times than I'm, I'm proud to say. But I can tell you for sure that there are a number of skins that I have shed that I am not proud of. I'm somewhat embarrassed by. I have never been able to experience the luxury of delusion. It was wonderful when I was Louis Jojo. It was wonderful when I was presenting as the identity that I wish was mine. But I was not able to look at it and experience complete satisfaction, self-esteem, or self-worth. There was more effort to be put forth, and there was much more work to be done, and all of it required less attention. My self-esteem has greatly improved since taking off my mask, shedding my identity, and rebuilding it based on my effort. I am a servant. I am in the service industry. I desire to help. My identity is simply that. I am a hardworking, dedicated person who is operating outside of telling everyone about what I am doing and still experiencing feelings of self-worth and self-esteem while not receiving positive reinforcement for the majority of the things I'm proud of and the work I've done because I do not become braggadocious about it. I do it because it needs done. This isn't to say that I don't sometimes share what I am doing because I do and I do that because I'm a human being and I have an ego as well and it's important for me to let other people know that I am still following through on the identity that I have said I have. Hopefully I can improve my self-worth and self-esteem even more but we live in an age in which if you want to get something done you need to advertise your product on the appropriate platforms. The problem with Patient US and many others is that their product became their identity and their identity was not who they actually were. Something to think about. No judgment here. We offer acceptance, we offer forgiveness, and we offer patience. U.S. <laughs>